Friday is a day built into the Christian calendar that forces us to think about something that we otherwise would not want to think about, namely death. It forces us to think about Christ's death on the cross. The wages of sin is death. And that's why Jesus hung on that cross was to, to pay those wages, that penalty. But it also forces us to think about our own death. And so for that reason, Good Friday is on the Christian calendar. But you know, Good Friday 2020 comes at a time where the whole world is thinking about death. It's possible that right now in the world, it's possible that this day is so unique in history that there are more people thinking about death, trying to avoid death and trying to prevent death than any other day in human history. Right now, even as I speak, over 13,000 people have lost their lives to the coronavirus. Over 80,000 people have died globally because of this pandemic. And government workers have isolated us and put us in social distancing. Courageous medical workers are working so hard to help us to survive at this time. And in this season, there's so many of us that have questions. I know I may be speaking to some people who have been diagnosed with the coronavirus and maybe even are dying of the coronavirus or maybe even know someone in that state. Others of us have experienced the, the loss of a job, the loss of income, so much financial uncertainty. Uh, some of us have been uh, stuck and forced into places with difficult people. Others of us are missing people that we love that brought us so much joy. And psychologists tell us there's these stages of grief that we go through when we experience loss and heartache. It starts out with denial. Surely it couldn't be this bad. And then it progresses to a place of anger. And some of you may be even angry at God right now, thinking if God is so good and God is so loving, why doesn't he just fix this? Then we move to a place of depression when we don't see any signs of hope and then we move to bargaining. Surely there's a way out of this. Is there a, vir is there a vaccine? Is there uh, some type of treatment? And finally, we get to the place of acceptance. You know, the biblical term for all of those stages of grief is a word called lament. Lament is the way that we express our frustration, our our grief and maybe even our anger and complaint to God. And did you know that on the cross, on the day that Jesus died, Jesus actually expressed those types of frustration to his Father God. He quoted for us something that was not original with him. He was actually quoting something that we read over in Psalm chapter 22. This is what he said, he cried out, as he was dying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, it's quite possible that on the cross, Jesus didn't stop there. It's quite possible that he continued to quote all 31 verses of Psalm 22. And within those 31 verses, we find four words that I wanna draw our attention to, to help us navigate this season. These are four good words that we should be using in our language 
as we talk to one another, as we talk to God about what's going on in the world. If you have a Bible, and I trust you do, maybe on another device, open that up or open up a, a physical copy of God's word. I wanna call your attention to these four words. And the first one we've already heard, the word why. In Psalm 22, the psalmist in pain, David says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? From the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer and by night and I find no rest. The question why is directly related to the distance that the one in pain feels from the one who can bring healing. And sometimes we feel that, especially when we're going through seasons like we're going through now, suffering and agony and heartache and, and question about the future. You know, it, it's, it's, it's the right question and God invites us to answer that question. It's good and it's right to ask the question why, not in an accusative way, but in an inquisitive way that actually wants to know, God, what are you doing? And there's something built into the human heart of every person from birth that senses our distance from the Creator. There's something in us that wants to draw close, that wants God to be near. And it's especially in times of difficulty and pain that we sense our distance from God. As Jesus hung on that cross, he was experiencing something he had never felt in eternity past distance from his heavenly father. And we know the reason Jesus was experiencing that is because Jesus was experiencing temporary distance from God so that you and I would not have to experience eternal distance from God. He paid for our sins so that we could know the nearness of God throughout eternity. Jesus was experiencing a pain and an agony in that moment he expressed his complaint to God. and God's not afraid for you to ask that question. He wants you to know what he's doing. The second word I wanna draw your attention to is the word found in verse three. This is what it says. It says, yet you are holy. The second word is yet. You see, the word yet is the pivot away from what I feel, distance from God, and the truth of what I know and what I believe. Jesus very likely got to verse three as he was hanging on that cross. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you, our fathers trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. Lamenting is what we do in between the why and the yet. Lamenting is what we do in between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. But there is something about the knowledge of God's holiness that brings a calm assurance in our suffering. Yet I know you are holy. God had a holy purpose for what he was doing with his son on that cross. And we can know in this season, no matter what pain and agony we are going through, God has a holy purpose. 
a complaint for sure against God or against what's going on, what I feel, but then I pivot from that to what I know that God is holy. Later on in this Psalm, we read about things that were very prophetic. This Psalm was written probably 700 years before Jesus hung on that cross. But listen to the description of what Jesus was going through on that cross in verse 14. The Psalmist says, I am poured out like water. And of course on the cross, Jesus' blood was poured out like water to make atonement for our sins. He says, all of my bones are out of joint as Jesus was beaten and hung on that cross. So many of his bones were dislocated. He says, my heart is like wax. The passion and the emotion that Jesus felt in his heart was probably even greater than the physical suffering he went through on that day. It is melted within my breast. In verse 15, my strength is dried up like pots heard and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. Verse 16, for dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. And of course we know that those nails went through the hands and the feet of Jesus to pay the penalty for our sin in those moments. I'm sure those disciples had no clue of what God the Father was doing to turn what those who meant evil into something that was to become our ultimate good. God had a holy purpose for the pain and the grief and the suffering and God has a holy purpose for the pain and the grief and the suffering that you and I are going through in these moments. The third word I wanna call your attention to is the word help. And that's found in verse 19. It says this, but you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. The psalmist here, even though earlier he sensed that God was so far away, He sensed that God was not so far away that he could not bridge the gap and come and rescue and help. It is our choice in the moment of pain, whether or not we will sense our helplessness before God to understand there are no other sources of help that can ultimately save us and to cry out to God. And so in the moment of pain, understand this, it is that pain that is specifically designed by God to bring us to a place where we realize He is our only source of help. So often we wanna run to temporary sources of relief, a government stimulus package or medical professionals that can come up with some type of treatment or cure or vaccine and those though those things may be common graces that God gives us to deal with temporary pain and loss, ultimately we must realize that our only ultimate source of spiritual help is God. And so I wanna invite you to invite God into your pain to be your help. Here's the last word and it is praise. So the progression is this, why yet 
and then help and then praise. I want you to see it here in verse 23. He says, you who fear the Lord, praise him. And here the psalmist has completely pivoted away from a complaint to God to a complete surrender to praise him in the midst of his suffering. You who fear the Lord, praise him. You see, the ultimate answer to our fears is not just a shallow faith in faith. Our ultimate answer to our fears is a greater fear of the one who can kill not just body and soul, but the one who Jesus said we're to fear who can kill both body and soul in hell and to understand in surrendering to him, we receive that source of help. The psalmist continues in verse 25, for from you comes my praise in the midst of the great congregation. Interestingly, notice where the praise comes from. The praise is not self-generated. From you, my praise come. God actually gives us the ability to praise him and give him the praise that he first gives to us. Again, in verse 27, it says, all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. That is our ultimate desire, is that God would use this current situation we find ourselves in to turn our hearts back to the Lord. Whatever we know that God allows, he allows for a good purpose. And it could be in this very moment, God is doing something to awaken those that have ignored him as their source of help and hope. The last verse I wanna read to you here is verses 28, 29. For kingship belongs to the Lord and he rules the nations. We can know that God is in complete control and that God is good. You can trust him. And from that knowledge that God is good and God is in control, listen to how our hearts are to respond in verse 29. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. So when things are good and we're experiencing incredible prosperity and there's plenty to eat and we're rejoicing in what God has provided, yes, we will worship. But then listen to the last half of the verse. Before him shall bow all those who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. You understand what the psalmist is saying? In good times and bad times, we will praise him before we, because we know he is good, he is in control, and he can be trusted. The reality is, even if there is a vaccine for the coronavirus, even if there is light at the end of the tunnel, the, the reality is this, if the coronavirus doesn't get you, something else will. We will never be able to avoid the certainty of our death. And yet for those who love and know Jesus, we have a certainty that there is eternal life on the other side of the grave. Because of what Christ did on that cross, absorbing the wrath of God to pay the penalty for our sin, the wrath of God has been satisfied, death has been defeated, and we can live with the assurance 
of knowing that Jesus has granted eternal life to all those who will believe. Do you have that hope? Do you have that assurance of knowing the penalty of your sin has been paid and that you have life, certainty, and you have nothing to fear on the other side of the grave? I trust you know him. If you don't, in this moment, do what the psalmist is at. Cry out to him to save you. Invite him into your pain. He's the only one who can save. He's the only one who can rescue. I wanna invite you right now just to bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's pray together. Lord, in this day, that we call Good Friday, we see so much that we would not label as good. Yet, we know you are holy and we know whatever you allow, you have holy purposes for. So God, we cry out to you to be our help. We ask you to be our deliverer, not just from temporary grief and pain, but eternal pain eternal suffering and we praise you that we know that on that cross Jesus you paid the penalty for our sin I pray for those that are listening right now some of them are facing incredible pain uncertainty they're going through the stages of grief some of them are even angry at you right now and I pray God there would be a pivot point right now that they would know that you can be trusted that you love and rescue all those that cry out to you for help. We ask you to do that in our hearts. Provide for us the praise that we deliver back to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.